Welcome to the Mentium Matters podcast, where we talk about leadership, life, and the transformative power of mentoring. This is Solveig Brown, and I am so excited to have Dr. Roz Tsai as my guest today. Today, Roz and I are going to talk about resilience, which is an incredibly important topic during these turbulent and uncertain times. Roz is going to walk us through what resilience is and give us some tools that we can use to become more resilient. Before we begin our conversation, I would like to give you a little background information on Roz. Dr. Roz Tsai is Vice President of Talent, Learning, and Organizational Effectiveness at Thrivent, where she leads talent strategy, talent acquisition, talent management, leadership development, and organizational effectiveness efforts. Previously, Roz served as Vice President of HR and the Chief Learning Officer at Ecolab. She has also held transformative leadership roles at Honeywell, Lawson Software, now Infor, and Northern States Power Company, now Excel Energy. Ross has developed a unique and strategic approach to creating diverse, inclusive, and high-performing teams that drive enduring business impact. She holds a doctorate degree from the University of Minnesota, where she currently serves as adjunct faculty for the Carlson School of Management, teaching global talent management for global business executives. Roz went through Mentium's program as a mentee and has been mentoring for Mentium since 2008. Welcome, Roz. I'm so happy to have you here today. Hello. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. Yes. When Roz and I did our pre-podcast meeting, I asked Roz what she wanted to talk about in the meeting. And without missing a beat, she said, I have been thinking a lot about resilience. So Roz, my question for you is, why is resilience on your mind right now? Thank you, Sovig. Resilience is on my mind because it's really something that I have to work on every single day. If you reflect on the last year and a half during the pandemic, there have been health impact on our teammates and our families. Um, certainly disruptions in career, social, political, environmental, and economic situations all front and center to us uh, throughout this uh, period. Um, what I saw recently is the latest uh, Labor Department report shows that 4.3 Americans quit their jobs in the month of August alone, which is the highest number since December 2000. And then during the pandemic, uh, women have experienced burnout at even a higher rate. Uh, I saw McKinsey's Women in the Workplace report recently that shows that the pandemic continues to take a toll on employees with one in three women saying that they have considered downshifting their career or leaving the workforce altogether. So as a talent leader in a Fortune 500 company, this is certainly of concern. And then personally, you know, as a parent and uh, working uh, mother, uh, I personally have also been really working hard to maintain uh, a per perspective as well as uh, it, you know, be as effective of a leader as possible. Uh, we're also going through transformation in a very bold and strategic way. So that, you know, on top of the day-to-day -day challenges that we're dealing with, I think really does uh, present um, the question for us on a day-to-day -day basis of what does it take uh, to maintain resilience and show up uh, as the best leader that we can. Yeah, so Roz, what does resilience mean to you? Can you describe what it is and, and what exactly it all entails? I think, you know, you and I talked about this, nobody in the world would say, but boy, Roz is the expert on resilience. 
but you know, it's a very personal topic right now. I think you know, if you look at how psychologists might describe resilience, they typically refer to the process of adapting to adversity, you know, significant sources of stress and so on. And that's certainly been the case uh, for all of us. And, you know, personally, I tend to also think about resilience as our capacity to recover quickly from difficulty. Uh, maybe it's about, you know, uh, toughness or, but more importantly to me, resilience also speaks to the inner confidence that we have that we can, in spite of obstacles, start again, armed with more wisdom from each setback. So to me, it's, you know, as much about recovering from difficulty as it is about building that confidence that we can embrace um, challenges and knowing that we can find a way to bounce back from setbacks. Yeah, and what we, what can we do to become more resilient, to develop that inner confidence, to know that we can handle, you know, these turbulent, unprecedented mm -hmm. times or just the mm -hmm. daily setbacks, both big and small? Yeah, both big and small, for sure. I recently uh, saw someone post online uh, talking about gratitude, grit, and grace, and I thought that is so uh, relevant to what I'm dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. So, so when I think about how to maintain resilience and any advice I might give to my colleagues, first and foremost, you know, I, I really think about making sure that we start with a mindset of uh, gratitude in terms of, uh, you know, counting our blessings as a foundation. Uh, honestly, you know, here we're talking in a podcast, and if you're listening to the podcast, you already have so many blessings, countless blessings. There is much evidence that gratitude has a direct linkage to happiness. Uh, to me, it is really the seed of the, or the kernel of sanity during days when things really feel uh, out of control. And so, so, you know, when I get really flustered, I think about all the goodness that I already have and build from there. Uh, I think the concept of grit, I, I think there's potentially you know, many ways of interpreting what, what psychologists might call grit, but to, simply to me, I translate this sense of grit really to showing up, uh, show up, do the job. In, in some days, I focus on putting one foot in front of the other just to keep going. Uh, I think there is something around the honor of just handling the task and doing the work in the most confusing situations, ask, you know, what is the one most helpful thing I can do for this team, for this individual, for this issue at this time? So, you know, when things are kind of confusing or difficult, uh, the, the, the least we can do is to show up and get the job done. And then you, you, I've, I've been focusing and learning from my colleagues a lot about this idea about grace, grace for ourselves, grace for others, because it is, it is a challenging time and, you know, we kind of uh, need to give ourselves the space to reflect on how am I reacting? Why am I reacting this way? And what does this mean, you know, for how I show up? One framework that I often use for my colleagues, for myself uh, as well, is uh, the Neuroleadership Institute has this concept of SCARF, which really stands for status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. And, and to me, that's a helpful framework for me to kind of remember when change hits us, we have natural and sometimes uh, subconscious reactions. And these reactions can be triggered 
perhaps, you know, in the moment of change, your status feels diminished, or perhaps you no longer have certainty or control. Uh, perhaps your autonomy or decision-making power is unclear or, you know, is changed. Um, perhaps the friends and colleagues or neighbors that you've been collaborating with for a long time are now changing as well. Or sometimes you feel really stressed about, you know, what seems to be so unfair, you know, whatever is happening in the world right now. So when, when those emotions are strong, it's sometimes hard to think straight and it's hard to see clearly. And, you know, we probably also don't show up with our best self sometimes in those situations. So when that happens, the moment I realized, realized that, I force a pause and I just really reflect on, well, this is not my shiny moment. Uh, what can I do to step beyond this? So that moment of just pause and reframing is really helpful to accept the fact that, you know, we can't always be the most perfect example of leadership and offer a little bit of self-compassion during this very difficult time. Um, so, uh, you know, sometimes I say, boy, a better version of me better show up soon. Uh, and it might look like, uh, you know, I just have to have take a pause and say, okay, I'm just going to focus on something simple that I can control, you know, preparing a meal for the family or even a simple note to comp uh, acknowledge, say, take the dog out for one more walk and things like that. Just kind of gives me that pause to kind of come back at the issue, uh, you know, in a more settled way. To me, this is a new lever of self-compassion that I've resorted to very frequently during the pandemic months. And, you know, the one thing that I would remind a lot of colleagues and friends, I see this, that we have to be careful how we talk to ourselves. You know, that voice in our own head sometimes is not our best friend. It often feels far harsher on ourselves than, you know, the way we would talk to our best friend or family member. That's the voice that often attacks, you know, like, what were you thinking? How could you be so confused, right? Why did you not anticipate these issues and things like that? So there's actually a concept about talking to ourselves in the third person. So instead of saying, how could you possibly do this? Or what can you possibly do about this? That voice could be reframed as a friend to say, what might Roz be able to do as a first step? So I find that sense of a little bit of distance, you know, going from, oh, you better not be late to uh, Roz, don't be late, right? So just framing that a little bit different um, kind of gives that little distance so that we could give advice to ourselves as if we're talking to our best friend. So this is where I find that I have to master my own self-talk in order to master on my response to what's going on. And then the last piece that I just recently learned, you know, just learned and relearned, I'm sure all of us, is to maintain perspective as part of kind of giving ourselves grace and giving each other grace that, um, you know, in, in, in such difficult times, I've had lots of conversations with colleagues and friends about uh, making some difficult decisions. And I always say, don't make sudden decisions, don't make sudden moves. Uh, because it is such a difficult time right now and the world is going through lots of turbulent changes. You know, we recently lost former Secretary of State Colin Powell and he was an inspiring leader for many. And I saw that his 13 rules of leadership, uh, number one is, you know, Colin Powell said, he ain't as bad as you think and it will look better in the morning. 
So I kind of really resonate with that and trying to encourage myself and everyone around me to kind of maintain perspective and not overreact to what's happening right now. Oh, that is great advice and perspective. I love the three G's, gratitude, grit, grace, remembering to be grateful every day, that grit of putting one step foot in front of the other, no matter what, that you can do it. And the grace, um, because I think we've all experienced those moments where we are not showing up as our best selves. And mm -hmm. you just give yourself that grace, like, it's okay. I'm doing the best I can in this moment. Maybe mm -hmm. tomorrow we'll, I will have more better moments. And then yeah. also realize that everyone needs that grace. I really right. like what you said too, and, and changing that mindset. And I found what you said about kind of how you talk to yourself is also mm -hmm. such a great reminder because a lot of times your own, you know, inner critic, if you will, kind of gets right. on your radar and, you know, you just think, oh man, but it's like, start listening to your own self-talk and you just, would I talk to a friend like that? Or the advice of saying, maybe shift it to the third person. And then mm -hmm. that gives you that distance a little bit. Those are all great ideas as is the scarf acronym oh wow yeah there, there's so many things that that people can do each day and I like also what you said about focusing on what you can control in a specific right. moment when all of a sudden you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed or like there's just so much going on in your family work or the world what mm -hmm. is one thing you can do that you can control in that moment mm -hmm. yeah so related to just kind of building that sense of gratitude and just counting our own blessings, uh, we have really focused on activating for generosity, activating for a random act of kindness. Um, many of my colleagues have been intentional about, even in the virtual world, to, to reach out and provide support in any number of formats. Uh, so that, because there is so much evidence actually to, to kind of link giving and generosity to a sense of well-being and happiness. So volunteer, uh, even when it's, you know, uh, outside of what you normally can do uh, in, during this challenging time. And uh, it, it doesn't need to be very complex. You know, it could be as simple as asking someone how they're doing. It could be as yeah, simple as making introductions for colleagues. You know, it could be uh, as simple as checking in on our neighbors or the organizations where we, you know, have causes we care about. So I find that kind of channeling a lot of that energy towards generosity also kind of fuels us uh, in terms of a sense of gratitude for uh, the goodness that we have to build on. Oh, definitely. And I've heard so many people talk about feeling isolated, especially now being remote or not necessarily knowing your neighbors. So that's also just a good reminder to take that extra step virtually right. because some of those practices aren't as natural as they used to be because you're not right. just the end of the person. And exactly. um, so I think that, you know, using that generosity of generosity and reaching out as well is just mm -hmm. such a great reminder that that everyone would love to, you know, have someone check on them or just make sure they're going okay or just say, hi, let's, let's just catch up. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Roz, what, what can leaders do to foster resilience in their team and in their community? 
Mm-hmm. There is so much. There is so much we can do. In fact, um, uh, just kind of during this time, reflecting on how I show up as a leader and how leaders need to lead during challenging times. One of the one of the most important lessons I learned from Daniel Goleman, who's the uh, author of Primal Leadership, uh, you know, based on emotional intelligence for leaders. Uh, there is the sense of leaders' emotional task is very significant. It, we have to understand that we, we as a team, uh, we're, we're social creatures and our emotions are somewhat contagious with each other. We influence each other in terms of our emotional state. So if you think about the team of individuals, even in a virtual setting, it, um, if you think about the team of individuals as an emotional soup uh, with each individual throwing in how they're feeling and how they're reacting in in the moment the leader is actually the strongest spice in that emotional soup Um, so it's really important uh, for leaders to recognize their importance uh, on the team's emotional steady state Um, the emotional task is almost like a primal impact on the group so in the midst of significant disruption how leaders show up how we each show up. We can add to the crazy or we can help provide the steady. Um, So I think um, I call on myself and all leaders to really be mindful how we show up, how we impact others. Um, So when we talk about how we maintain resilience ourselves, it's also that sense of, you know, humble acknowledgement that leaders are human as well. We have our great days and we have our challenging moments being really careful how we show up and impacting the group uh, is important for all of us. So be that steady presence and uh, help the team kind of navigate difficult situations, disruptions, you know, turbulent times, all of that. Secondly, if you look at, you know, all the current reports around leadership competencies, empathy is showing up as top leadership competency right now be a real human to the team, so to speak, Uh, show care, show encouragement. Um, Kuzas and Posner, for for decades, these folks talk about what's the leadership uh, competency model and it comes down to not only modeling the way, but also encouraging the heart. And there's no more important time than now to really connect at a human level with our teams, practice empathy, um, it, it's simple gestures, a simple question of how are you, uh, a simple small gesture of let's take five minutes just to stretch and kind of get some oxygen, you know, and come back to this issue. Uh, I think empathy is such an important practice for leaders uh, for, right now. The next thing I would reflect on is this concept of prioritization, you know, we always talk about priority, priority, and many leaders end up with priority lists of 20 things to do. So this is where, you know, there's a catchy phrase of ruthless prioritization that is really hard. It is really hard. We, we all have so many internal and external customers to take care of, uh, you know, certainly have our own families and communities that we care about. So what does it take for leaders to have the courage and the clarity of thinking to really guide the team on what is the fundamental important uh, thing right now? What is the primary objective for the team? And what is the highest priority for the team to kind of channel its energy on 
get really clear on what's important and then have the courage and the candor to be willing to say, these other things are also important, great ideas, but they have to be uh, after, you know, we take care of our highest priorities. So this idea about getting really clear with the team, I think it's just so helpful for the team to kind of have that moment to breathe, to say, okay, these things I can put to the side uh, while I focus on what's really important to the team right now. I think, you know, prioritizing, showing up with empathy, be really mindful about our emotional impact on the team are just the basics of how leaders can foster resilience right now. The, the, the last thing that I really um, focusing on right now is uh, we've onboarded hundreds of new colleagues during the virtual uh, period of time that we've been working. And onboarding virtual colleagues is even more challenging than, you know, you think about someone joining a brand new organization, maybe they left, you know, a loving team, they maybe they, you know, just finished something uh, on their own and, you know, to join this team and make that commitment that they're gonna add value, contribute their talent, make a difference, feel a sense of growth. And then they arrive and um, there's nobody there, right? So I think this idea about being very focused on inclusive leadership is so important right now. We are you know, going extra steps to make sure that every new hire you know, has all of their technology set up uh, and, and functioning well. We make sure that they have onboarding plans and onboarding partners, uh, all of these things that we try to coach our leaders on to make sure that every new hire has a success onboarding kind of a journey planned for them. It's so important and at the same time, once you bring the talent to the team, how do we make sure that everyone has that sense of shared purpose, has that sense of psychological safety, so that we could each bring all of the gifts that we bring to, to the team and let the diversity actually work its magic. So I think this moment of heightened awareness about psychological safety for the team in a virtual and hybrid environment, this sense of how leaders can show up in a intentionally inclusive way so that our teams can indeed flourish and become a cohesive whole. Yeah, that is great advice for leadership of the importance of all those things, like uh, the emotional aspect of it. I like that mm -hmm. metaphor that the leader's emotion is the strongest spice in the soup. And we've all had those experiences where you can be with leaders that make you feel energized or make you feel safe or make you feel valued and heard. Um, exactly. And then you've been with leaders where you don't necessarily, they, their emotions don't come through. And I, and I think what you said about now being so important to have that empathy to, to be right. like I am I'm experiencing yeah. these things too so people don't yeah. feel like oh am I the only one right um, and then the prioritization because there are so many things calling for our attention right now so that's right. nice to have that leadership focus of these are this is the big priority um mm -hmm. and then I love what you said about the intentionality of onboarding 
new people to work because I can't imagine how intimidating that would be to be like, I'm starting this new job and it's virtual. Um, Just, you know, not knowing people, how do you meet people? And so it sounds like you've got, you've kind of figured out a really great process to make people feel welcome Mm -hmm. and to make those connections that would be more easy in a, you know, in-person environment. Right. Um, Yeah. And I think, you know, you said it, this is, this is an opportunity for us, all of us, you know, so it's, it's a challenge, but it's also uh, calling on us to bring out the best effort within, within us to really welcome each colleague to, to the team uh, over and over. And I love at one point, Satya Nadella, who's the CEO of Microsoft actually had a really profound statement that stayed with me for a long time, which is people go where they're invited and they stay where they feel welcome. Oh my goodness. That in, is in the, in the hybrid environment when there are so many transformative uh, efforts going on and so much disruption in society overall. It's that much more important that we not only invite colleagues to the team, but we make them feel welcome and an important part of making contributions. Yes. Oh, I love that. People go where they're invited and stay where they feel welcome. That just sums it up right there. And it's such a good guiding principle, especially for onboarding. Yeah. Yeah. Raz, thank you so much for talking about this important and timely topic today. I appreciate your perspective um, that we all need to give ourselves a little grace right now, especially on those days when we're overwhelmed or just aren't able to show up as our best self. Thank you for your optimism and for the excellent suggestions of things, you know, we can personally do and things you can do as a leader to foster resilience. Roz and I are going to continue this discussion on resilience in part two of this podcast, where we will talk about career resilience and what that looks like. Roz will offer some excellent advice for how to think about and plan career roadmaps in the world of remote work and disruption. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Mentium Matters podcast. I look forward to having you back next week for my continued discussion with Dr. Roz Tsai. You will not want to miss this episode.